Welcome to another episode of the Hot Hot Hoops Podcast, still playoff edition, round two edition. Uh, I'm Brandon Perno, and I'm joined here today, as usual, by Matt Hannafin. We're going to get into Heat versus Knicks, game one. Uh, Matt, let's, uh, let's start you off like usual, buddy. Well, hold on. First, I want to ask you a question. You, it, we're doing the round two, like, playoff edition. If I would have told you, like, the end of March that Miami would have been, like, round two, what would you, what would you say? I'll laugh in your face. <laughs> like, like let's let's be real. Um, no, the Heat, the Heat were not a good team this season. Um, there's a reason they barely made it through the play-in. Uh, but, you know, they've, they've really strapped on and uh, hung on for dear life the coattails of one Jimmy Butler. Jimmy G Buckets, G stands forgets. Um, and you know, and he's, he's taken them, he's taken them through the best team in the NBA all the way to round two, um, against the Knicks who were once again, um, favored by Vegas and because of the heat, as Matt and I were just talking about before his podcast, they have not been favored by Vegas in any one of these postseason games, the play in game. Yes. Against Chicago, that's yeah, playing game. but we, we're not counting that. So the heat have been the dogs, uh, every single one of these playoff games and they've won what six out of seven. Was that was that the stat, Matt? Yeah, so yes, they've won six in their last seven, uh, including that playing game, which like you and like myself, like the NBA, aren't just aren't counting towards their statistics for some reason. But yeah, they they won six of the last seven. I wanna say um they haven't had a stretch this season where they've won six of their last seven. So this is their first stretch. What, what was um, it comes at an ideal time, if that made it. It does. It really comes to the best. Quite. Time. Um but uh but um, what was uh, what was it like? Uh, our biggest win streak this season was what five, four? I think it was four off the top of my head. It might have been five. Um, I, remember, I remember us getting very excited about it. Well, I mean, I think they had it a couple of different times, but then again, they lose or something dumb happens or whatever the case is. Again, as we've talked about before, at different points of the season where it's like these mini many abbreviated stretches where it's like, okay, they might be turning the corner. They might be getting on track or whatever the case is. And then again, it's a two steps forward, three steps backward type deal or one step forward, two steps back, whatever you want to say. Um, there's just at different points this season, knock on wood, it doesn't happen again, but they've just taken a step back, but let's not talk about the regular season. Or what do you want to talk about? The, the playoff game happened yesterday. Another playoff game happened yesterday. What yes, did you take away from it? Well, it was another playoff win, and despite the playoff fact win, that I, I, was say, watching, yeah. I was watching with flu-like symptoms, uh, pretty much <laughs> curled into a ball. Um, I really, I really enjoyed it. Um, there was, there was, uh, there was some stuff, um, of course, that you look out for. Like, obviously, I've talked about it a lot, so much so that you shouted me out on Twitter. But the masterful playoff performance of one Kyle Lowry, who has done this before and is showing his playoff guts. Um, out there, and uh, obviously um, another one. Like you just need to keep on taking your medicine, Matt, because Kevin Love has been balling. I almost had another tweet last night where I did clip Kevin Love's like all of his like assistant of just a few of the good passes that he had, and I was about ready to tag you. And I didn't tweet him out yet. I might, but I was going to be like this is nighttime medicine uh, for for brand for from Brandon or from whomever or Brandon at this point from Kevin Love. Uh, yeah, no, he's making me he's making me eat dirt and I I can't say I hate it. Like I want him to play well. Uh, no, yeah, he at least in the 16 minutes that he had yesterday, he was pretty impactful, especially with those outlet passes. He was the best quarterback in MSG yesterday. <laughs> he was uh, 
he was the best quarterback in New York. He will always be the best quarterback um, in New York when he ever, whenever he's there. It might disappoint um, all the Jets fans listening to this podcast, but if you listen to a Heat podcast and you're a Jets fan, then you must be cheering <laughs> for the Knicks. <laughs> Probably, yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, I mean, those three outlet passes in what, like two and a half minutes, three minutes of game time, something like that. I mean, Miami was already, I think the last one capped like a 21 to five run or something like oh, yeah. that. But uh, it was very well timed and that really kind of kick started. Um, the second half, because again, Miami was down 12 uh, in the second quarter. They were able to get to between five at halftime, which I don't, again, I don't know how New York was only up five with how bad Miami played in that first half. It looks like, um, I mean, New York completely outplayed Miami. Let's just, let's not mince words when we say that. Like, they completely outplayed Miami. They were getting into the paint. I think they had 40 of their, what, 55 points were in the paint, something like that. Like they were really, really like getting into the lane and making, making things tough on Miami. Um, And Miami was just missing like every shot. They were what three of 16 from beyond the arc in that half or no, they were seven of 23. New York was three of 16, but still seven of 23 is, I mean, I don't know the math in my head, but that's below 30%. Both teams shot well in the paint, like uh, especially near the rim. Um, Right. It's just, just, uh, yeah. Like New York made, they were getting to the rim way more than. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. It's um, like at the rim, there was a Miami shot twenty-one times, New York shot uh, twenty-five times. Like Miami shot fifteen to twenty-one at the rim, and New York shot eighteen to twenty-five. So it was it was it was comparable, right. but like especially early on. Yeah, like that's, I, that's what I'm more so referencing yeah. earlier. You're yeah. right. Yeah, it did even itself out a little bit, um, especially with those points in transition. Yeah. Um, with those Jimmy did with those not Jimmy slam or Jimmy think Jimmy slammed a couple of them, but oh, like he, that last he one, he, I mean, that was a laser. Oh yeah. That last Kevin Love, that was like, he, that, that was like on a line. It was like, well, geez. That's, what, that's why you have Kevin Love on your team, right? Like, uh, it's like, it helps. He, he's three, he's three thing. Kevin Love has three things that I really like that he brings to the team. Number one, uh, is spacing. Um, the fact that Kevin Love can bring Mitchell Robinson out to the three-point line and free up the paint, that was a godsend yesterday. Um, the other thing There's the lineups that Bam's not on the floor. Exactly. The other thing Kevin Love has is shooting because he's a streaky shooter, especially as of late. But when he is hitting his buckets, he becomes immensely valuable. Yep. And the other thing is just passing. In a, uh, well, actually, I guess four things because passing is great and his rebounding is great. Right. So rebounding. Like when he's grabbing rebounds, he could easily put up a double-double. And then uh, with his passing, the outlet passing, I mean, like, dare I say it, we haven't seen this good of outlet passing in Miami since LeBron James. I was going to say the Lowry at the very beginning of his stint, but. Yeah, yeah, I suppose. I suppose. Yeah, yeah, that actually that makes a lot of sense. But uh, anyway. I mean, it, it cooled down. I, I think teams caught on to that when, yeah. when Lowry in the, what, the first, like, 10 to 15 games last season. Was just yeah. throwing hit ahead after hit ahead. It's QB one, yeah, QB one, and then QB1. I think teams finally caught on. I mean, we, again, we've seen stretches where he still will do that, but it's definitely not as frequent as it used to be. I mean, Kevin was just getting it going, and <laughs> it was funny because Jimmy was also intentionally cherry picking, and yeah, so it's was. like that helps. <laughs> of course, and well, it also like it's nice to see Miami do something in transition for once in their lives. Because yeah, because like, I mean, in general, this team in transition has not been good at all. No, nah, they're garbage in transition, or at least in terms of like, like from the eye test, like the four on twos and the the three on ones or whatever. It, it just looks bad. Like the numbers, I don't think suggest they're the worst ever, but it still doesn't. They're look not aesthetically not. pleasing at all. I mean, we're not the most exciting um, 
offense in the world. Uh, like I'm looking at it right now. I'm just trying to pick it up. The Heat were second to last in pace this season. Mm-hmm. Like we're slow. We like to we like to take yeah. our time. We're very much the North Carolina offense of the '80s, you know. But uh, and and I mean that's why I don't know. For a long time, you can make a lot of money betting the under on Miami games. Um, but uh, at the, at the same time, at the same time, yeah, it's nice to see us like doing things that we didn't do this season besides hitting shots. So you know, Caleb Martin in transition yesterday had a few moments. He was he was great. I think you know we talk about all the good, you know, especially we're going to be happy with the good, but. I think it's time to talk about the elephant in the room right now. And hopefully it hasn't swollen to the size of one because that's Jimmy's ankle. Yeah. I did. When you said elephant in the room, I'll be honest. I didn't know where you were going with that. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, No, it's, I mean, just based on, I put in the Slack chat yesterday, just from what I read on the tea leaves, just on the Twitter sphere. Um, Go follow the hot hoops Twitter. If you, if you have, Matt does a a great job. He's tweeting. Every game, sometimes Dan pops on there, but it's it's largely a Matt Hannafin production. Uh, some good yeah, I tweet there. too much, so I apologize in advance. Enjoy the content; it's frequent and there's plentiful and it's plentiful. So get on the Hot Hot Hoops Twitter. Follow Matt's personal Twitter account. I'd say follow mine. I don't tweet a lot anymore, but if you want to see like when I actually write an article, which I did recently, a nice little analysis piece, you can see it on my Twitter. Um, and if you log on to hothothoops.com. Uh, you can see the article where I analyzed uh, Jimmy's spectacular second half of the season because that dude always splits it into two. Yeah, but um, as I as I talked about it yesterday in, in our group Slack uh, in our work Slack, I was like, "There's a." It feels like just from the tea leaves that I was reading, like just from like the post game comments. I mean, I know that can be a little bit hairy, especially when you're 48 hours out, and like, yeah, you don't want to like if it's not serious, you don't want to purposely say it's serious or whatever the case is but just from like the tvs i was gathering uh not the best at reading tvs but i was like there's a at least it feels like there's a greater than 50 to 60 percent chance like maybe a 60 to 65 that he might play on tuesday again a lot can happen between now and then but just from what i got from today um it feels it feels like that's decreased to probably under 50 percent um, and it especially helps that Miami's up 1-0 in the series. I don't know if that would have changed if they were down 1-0. Um, again, they were up three when Jimmy got hurt. They went on like a 9-1 to run. Or it, was some, it was something like that. Uh, Vincent hit a three. That was nearly a four-point play. Um, Caleb Martin had that block in transition. About, can we talk about Gabe Vincent's shooting? Like, not particularly efficient, but he's hitting the biggest shots possible. Uh, right. He, I mean, he has, and it was weird because it was like the beginning of the game. He hits that pull-up jumper on the first possession, and then he hits that uh, catch-and-shoot three in transition from Jimmy after he got that steal. And it was just like, okay, like this is a good game game. And all of a sudden, you're looking at some of these possessions, and it's just like, all right, this is somewhat too much of Gabe because it it feels like he's sometimes over-asserting himself. Not to say that's necessarily a bad thing, and with some of these shots that he was taking, but like. Again, some of them, like, yes, I know you had, like, a step back on Obi Toppin with, like, 18 seconds left in the shot clock. And it's just like, all right, we don't need to be taking these shots in semi-transition or wherever we take it. Like, we could at least flow into the offense, but you're right. His shot-making has come in clutch at times. Um, yesterday, he finished, what, 6-16 from the floor, 5-12 from three-point range. Like, that's important. That's effective. Um, and as long as Jimmy and... 
Kyle are the ones creating offense for him and not the and not the the contrary. Miami is in a much better position than if it's just Gabe trying to create his own looks. Because again, at times that can be somewhat like he's capable of he's capable of it, but sometimes that can that can generate hairy shots. And it's just like I don't think that so and so should be taking like those exact shots in that well, situation. But again, yesterday, I mean, after like the inefficient start. He reeled it in. He was he was nailing some catch and shoot threes. He had that four point play in the corner. He again nearly had another four point play above the break um, in the final few minutes when I can't remember who fouled him, but it looks like he got hit in the leg or whatever the case is. But yeah, he was he was nailing a bunch of clutch shots, and again he was a big part of that late run as well as Kyle Lowry as well as Caleb Martin. Um, Bam, I know had a hook shot to make it like a three possession game. I'm over a smaller defender. I can't remember who it was. It might have been uh, Hart, but I can't remember. But, like, if you can get those contributions, especially when Jimmy's in the game, but noticeably hurt, you're in a better spot. Yeah. No, absolutely. It's, like, it's actually something that I'm pretty interested in because the Heat have a tendency to play well when their best player is out. Like, Jimmy missed a lot of games last season, and that's when, like, this team really found its identity and won a lot of games. So they're more than capable of doing it. It's just, you know, does Julius Randle come back next game? How hard is it to win? And does Jimmy sit? Uh, The good news is, like, I don't know. This is probably the eighth time that I've seen Jimmy's ankle roll as a member of the Miami Heat. You know, um, I I really, I thought, you know, it's a shame that they zoom in on the the shoes because I like the leanings. I think they look really cool. But it's like, at the same time, it's like, I don't remember Jimmy, like, rolling his ankle so much in Jordan's. Um, I see. I don't pay attention to the shoe. I mean, I I'll pay. Att- I don't really pay attention to the shoes. If I'm being honest, I'm not. A, I'm not a big shoe head. Yeah. So yeah. I'll leave that to you. Well, it's 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 more or less. I just wonder. It's like, uh, did D'Lo miss any? Like, I, I look at. I just look at the shoe brand, right? Like Wade, Wade was wearing Wade. Oh, you can hear some dogs in the background. I apologize. Um, uh, D Wade was wearing his leanings pretty much the whole end of his career, right? Um, so I, so after. I, Post 2011, I want to say he was he, when he left Jordan or when did he, he may have left Jordan a little later, but I don't remember D Wade having a ton of ankle injuries. Um, I don't know if D had a lot of ankle injuries, but I know that it's a tendency for, for Jimmy to roll his ankle at a certain point in the season. Like he did it, he did it in the opener, uh, post bubble and that, and, and that bugged him. And then like I've seen, yeah. but the good news is he bounces back quick from it. And I, I don't know if it's just low cuts or not. I want to reiterate here. I like the look of the leaning shoes. They're very, they're very pretty. I would buy a pair if I could find a way to get them. Um, but at the same time, uh, yeah, it's a, it's just, it's just a shame to see him go down at this stage. Uh, I saw a report today that it was the size of a, a baseball. Um, that's not great. That's not great. Uh, it was also from a New York reporter, and um, there was a lot of stuff misspelled in the Bleacher Report article. So I uh, don't want to, don't want to knock on that. I just want to, you know, get people to proofread their stuff. <laughs> but at, 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 at the same time, um, so I'm not 100% sure. Like, usually when it comes to Miami Heat stuff, like, I'm just checking, uh, just checking the beat reporters and, uh, and seeing what they're saying. And, like, just mostly, like, even Ira didn't really know what was happening. Um, and Spo came out and said, like, he's getting treatment around the clock. Plus, if you look at Jimmy, uh, he does not in a walking boot or anything. He's walking around New York, just doing his thing. Yeah. You know, he's a little gimpy and limpy, but it's like, you know, how much ice do you need before the game? Like, if he misses tomorrow, he has nearly a week to get ready for the next game because there's a long layoff between game two and three. Three days rest. Three days rest. It's, it's three full days rest. It's huge. And I mean, it's, it's a day, it's a day Saturday game. So, yeah. 
yeah and it's 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 just huge like like uh for someone like lowry too for like the older guys it's it's enormous like that's why it's like things are so crunched in the first like um milwaukee was the oldest team in the nba i believe this year and we were the set i think we're the second oldest if i'm if i'm not if i'm not mistaken um, it's almost as if you need to like to to really emphasize or to really get the most out of your veterans. It's like you need to win the first round, so at least you have healing days in the second round, and you get more healing days as as the playoffs go by. And it's always a battle of attrition, but it's like you're getting you're getting almost rewarded uh, with the healing days. So like that'll be good for someone like Embiid, you know, who's obviously who I think is going to miss uh, game one at least in the next series, and it'll be good for Jimmy, uh, and it'll be good for anyone else who's just generally bang, banged up, like. It's uh, for the Knicks. They might get back Randall. Um, I think they will get back Randall, but it's like it gives him more time to heal too. And it's like you know, I'm I've never been one. I've never been one to cheer for injuries. I'd like to see both teams at um at, at full strength. I think um because I don't think we're seeing we're not seeing both teams at their best right now. Obviously, no Tyler Hero who who cooked uh New York the, or maybe not. I can't say cooked New York this season, but he played his best some of his best games against New York. But then you have someone like Quentin Grimes who did cook Miami every time they played and he looks a little bit hobbled by the shoulder injury. So it's like, you know, it's the playoffs. It's the biggest stage literally at MSG. And uh, I just want to, I just want to see the guys uh, play, you know, like play at their best, what they're capable of. So, you know, and uh, we talked about it last podcast, right? So Jimmy is going to take this team as far as it can go. And um, hopefully they're just beyond, or hopefully he's closer to hundred percent than 80 uh, the next time he plays. Just from looking at it here, based on HispanosNBA.com, Miami's roster is the fourth oldest behind fourth the Mavericks, oldest. Clippers, and Bucks. Okay, and the Bucks, the Bucks were the oldest. Yes. Okay, cool. At least I was right on one of those. Um, and really, it's just Still, regardless, it's just UD dragon dragging that. Huh? It's it's just Udonis. He, he's uh, <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's like Vincent uh, Struess and. So on and so forth aren't as old. No, just right. yep. is in his twenties still. Gabe is like, but then they're both mid twenties. Duncan's mid twenties. Yeah, like yeah, Duncan too. But like, go just going just going off that. Uh, I wonder. Well, I just again, I wonder like what winning game one means for Jimmy like long term in this series because now now not Milwaukee duh now New York has to win four of their next six. And if they go down two, oh, they got to win four of their next five. It gets um, more. It progressively gets more intimidating. Yeah, right, right. But it's like also the same thing with like random. Like, are they going to like kind of like what we talked about in the middle of the Bucks series? Like, all right, is New York more incentivized to play Randall now that they're down one? I mean, again, it might not be much of a difference, anyways. But it's like, I mean, because Randall was like warming up and he did go through pregame. Although, from just what I read. And a little bit from what I saw, like he wasn't necessarily moving well, but again, it's a lot of like the video that I saw was a lot of just stationary shooting of the warm up stuff that wasn't necessarily mobile. Yeah. Yeah. And so um, that it's hard to get a little bit of a more difficult indication, but um, I wonder like, what's the plan? And it's like the same thing with the same thing with inserting Giannis back into Brooklyn's or Milwaukee's lineup is going to be kind of, not similar, but it's the same principle of New York having to insert Randall back into their lineup. It's like, you kind of have to change what you do because it just looked like yesterday, even though New York wasn't making shots. I mean, they shot what seven of 34 from deep 
40 something like 47 percent from the game like it it still flowed they just weren't knocking down shots um like Brunson went 0-5 from deep. I mean, I know Obi Toppin went 4 of 11 from deep. Miami would like him to shoot 11 threes in a game. Like, they could live with Obi. If Obi Toppin beats them, so be it. I mean, RJ did was especially good in the, in the first half and did the first three quarters. I mean, he cooled off a little bit, though. But, like, it looked like just the offense was flowing better. Not to say the offense doesn't flow well when Randall's on the floor, but it's like it's going to be a lot of, like, Randall isolations. And it's like if he's knocking down shots, that's great. That's awesome. But – the process isn't always as great when he has the ball in his hands all the time. I mean, Brunson's still the engine that runs that team. And so it's not from that perspective, it might not change a whole lot, but you're still going to try to force feed Randall. And it's again, him and Bam um, have had battles. Like remember Randall had that 43 point game um, in the regular season against Bam. And, and like, again, Randall was making everything under the sun. The band was still playing him well. I mean, he hit that game winner over Bam, and we we're just like, how the hell did you make that? But regardless, like, it's going to be an interesting battle if Randall comes back with a bad ankle. And again, remember, bad, rolled ankles and bad, like, ankle injuries like that, it's worse for someone who is um, in, the late, in their late 20s or, like, Jimmy 33 than it is oh, for yeah. someone like you and I. <laughs> but also, that, well, that, that's the thing. Well, shit, man, I'm uh, I'm gonna be 29 next week. I just look, you know. Oh well, okay, all right. <laughs> yeah, it hurts when you roll your ankle, um, but it also hurts when you're six seven or you know, <laughs> right, right. That's it, right. <laughs> like Julius Randle's putting a lot of weight on that ankle. Jimmy's putting a little bit less because the guy is guy's the leanest person I've ever seen in my life. Um, right. But at the but at the same time, it's it's not easy, especially when you play a game where you're always cutting and jumping. Right. Yeah, like oh seven from deep from Brunson, not oh five. But I mean, Josh Hart was oh four. R.J. Barrett was one of five. Emmanuel quickly, who just who's had a quiet playoffs. I know one of these games against Miami, he's going to snap. Oh yeah, of course, because that's just what Emmanuel quickly does, and he's a good player. He went one of four from deep. Quentin Grimes, who only played ten minutes. Uh, again, I think he's still dealing with that shoulder. He's that probably that's probably going to go up as the series goes on. He was. Uh, one of three from deep, and he's someone who, again, as you mentioned before, has had success shooting the ball against Miami, especially when they're in those four-on-three, three-on-two advantage situations in the half court. But, like, they they just miss shots. Yeah, I, I'm guessing the shot diet, especially after the first half, is something that Miami will live with, and it's like, all right, if you're beating us from beyond the arc or from these long mid-range twos or whatever the case is, like, we'll be okay with that. But regardless, like, they shot 48%, but... 21 from deep. I wonder how that shot diet will change if Randall's inserted. And I wonder, like, just on another, like, side tangent question thing, Yeah, who do you think steps up or which players do you think step up, say, Jimmy doesn't play? That's funny. I was about to ask you who the X factor on both teams is. <laughs> um, so at least we're on the same wavelength. Um, I'm going to – I'm going to – I'm going to answer your question and then I'm going to throw, almost put it back to mine and say it for New York. Um, but uh, yeah. Um, I know who I want it to be. I want it to be Bam. I want it to like Bam is the, is the only all-star on this team this season. And he's got the biggest lights on him. Um, I want more. Not your. No, <laughs> no, not yours. Oh, and I want more than just 16, eight and two from Bam. And or in over the right. minutes, I want, I want a thirty pointer. I want a twenty five point game. Something to that, you know. He played, he played fine, but it, like Bam is better than fine, 
And now it's now he has an opportunity to step up with Jimmy injured. What I think is going to happen is I think Kyle Lowry is going to step up. I think, right. uh, I think, I think he found his groove yesterday. He's found his groove a couple times in the playoffs. And I know he's playing a role player uh, role at the moment, but it's like, you know, is it a two headed monster with Gabe Vincent and Kyle Lowry was working yesterday. You know, it's like Gabe Vincent was doing all the athletic stuff and Kyle Lowry was doing all the smart stuff. Um, I kind of like it. You know, they, they combined for what, 38 points yesterday. It's pretty good. Um, I'll take that. I think, I, but I, th- I do think it's Lowry. I think he, I think he continues to show out on the next side. Uh, I like, I've liked what I've seen since he got traded to the team, but Josh Hart is kind of the heart of this team at the moment. Like he does every, I know, lame, right? Um, <laughs> but, but I've made a love into in the air reference the last like three, three podcasts. So like those listening, don't judge me. Um, I'll take my medicine in a little bit. Don't worry. No, no, for sure. Uh, but what he does is, uh, you know, exceptional, exceptional defense. And the other thing, uh, like, no, this is a, like people don't talk about this with Josh Hart, you know, uh, but he's an exceptional rebounder and he's really, really efficient. Um, uh, you know, yesterday I can't really, can't really talk about super efficient, but he still shot 40%, you know, and, uh, during the season, like there were games shot, like a game against the heat where he was like, um, in the upper sixties from the field and in maybe I think one of the games where he was in the 70% from the field. It's like, uh, this season, like I, and I, and I know this cause he was on my fantasy roster for a little bit. I was always really, really impressed, um, by his field goal percentage and his defense. Uh, he was tenacious on Jimmy yesterday, you know? Like Jimmy was averaging 36 points going into yesterday and he only had 28. Oh, 38. My bad. Um, you know, uh, so I only have 25, still 25, 11 and four. It's not so, right. bad. you know, shooting, <laughs> but you know, it's, um, it's one of those, um, well, we'll kind of see what happens. What do you think? What do you think? Who do you think steps up? Well, just piggybacking off of what you said, it's going to be hard. It, the thing that's harder for Jimmy and Bam is one, let me just start with Jimmy. Not to say they don't have better screen navigators than Milwaukee, but the Knicks do have multiple good screen navigators in Grimes and in Josh Hart, especially. Like what they were doing yesterday is they were when when they weren't dropping, they were hedging a bunch of screens. And I mean Jimmy, it was not like Jimmy was having a hard time turning the corner, but guys like Jalen Brunson when he was on, I mean, not Jalen Brunson specifically, but like guys like Josh Hart, guys like Grimes and Quickly and uh, even Jalen Brunson, like, and even like Obi Top, like they're good at fighting over screens. At least they're not, they're, they don't do it poorly. And so that makes it harder for Jimmy. Like they're, And then plus also they sent two multiple times at Jimmy yesterday and kind of had to make either it was Vincent or Struz or whomever try to beat Miami in a half court set. Sometimes that was successful. Sometimes that wasn't. Um, but just don't be surprised if, again, Tibbs is going to throw two at the ball, unlike Bud did um, in the previous series. But the thing that also makes it harder for Jimmy or harder for Bam is the Knicks will play a drop, but it's a different drop than Milwaukee. They're not going to just sit Brooke Lopez or even sometimes Bobby Portis in the paint. You know, they're going to play. They play a higher depth with their big guy meaning Mitchell will start not at the level of the screen, but near the level of the screen. And that makes it harder for Bam because 
And it makes it harder for whoever's handling the ball, whether it's Vincent, Lowry, or even sometimes Jimmy, whatever the case is. But um, that means on the back line, they're also going to send a third and a fourth defender. And they pack the paint better than Milwaukee does. And so that's also something to take into consideration. Not that Milwaukee didn't pack the paint, because that's primarily what they do, especially with Brooke just sitting in the middle. But it makes it harder for Bam to navigate through the lane. It makes it harder to get that pass off. Um, we saw multiple times yesterday the best passes weren't thrown to Bam, like in the pocket or at least around that free throw line. Like the best pocket passes weren't thrown to him. And that's what was kind of my, they had a couple of turnovers off that. And if Miami could get better pocket passes, it makes Bam's job a little bit easier. Again, Mitchell has played Bam relatively well in the past, but when they're in that type of drop and when you have guys helping off, whomever is on the perimeter, it makes it harder for Bam to navigate through that lane, which we saw towards the second half of the season. It was harder for Bam because teams started begin teams started doing that more and more often. And it's just like, there's ways to counteract that with different, like if you run more empty side pick and rolls or you do more double drags where Bam's slipping and leaving early. Like it's easier for, if you're doing stuff like that, it makes it a little bit easier on Bam, and it makes it a little bit easier on the ball handler who is able to get downhill, especially if they're not hedging or whatever the case is. But it's, it is a different challenge for Miami as opposed to Brooklyn or Brooklyn, not Brooklyn, Milwaukee. Well, I can't speak today. Um, but like Jimmy and Vincent and Struess, not because he's often involved in pick and roll, and even Lowry in the Milwaukee series, they were able to get to their pull up jump. Well, this series, it's not going to be as easy for whomever's handling the ball in those pick-and-roll actions when getting downhill to just go for a pull-up jumper, especially when, as I mentioned previously, Josh Hart, Quickly, et cetera, or Barrett, et cetera, et cetera, are also fighting over screens and recovering. And so it, it just it complicates things a little bit for Miami when we're talking about, like, yeah, Bam. I mean, yeah, he had 16-8. and eight. I thought he had a fine game, too, where I was really impressed with Bam was – how physical he was with Mitchell Robinson on the defensive glass. Um, Mitchell Robinson had what five offensive rebounds, but I mean, dude, a portion of those came in like the final couple of minutes. Like I think before the, I think before the two minute mark, I tweeted something yesterday that New York only had eight offensive rebounds and offensive rebound percentage below 28%, which would have been their lowest of the postseason up to that point. And like, they got like five or six offensive rebounds in the final couple of minutes just because I don't think the effort was really there for Miami. I think they were just waiting for the game to be over. And so if I was impressed with his physicality on the glass, I'm sure that's going to take more of a taxing role on him now than it was maybe even in the Milwaukee series when he was having to box out Brooke, who is a, still a good offensive rebounder and even Giannis, but um, yeah, I think Mitchell I'm- Robinson and Isaiah Hardenstein on the offensive glass, as we saw in the Cleveland series, they're just different animals. And so I think it's going to be a little bit taxing. I wonder how they're going to manage that. I wonder how they're going to try to get Bam involved. And so that's kind of my long answer, not a rebuttal, but just piggybacking off what you said. Yeah. And I, and there's something I want to point out too. It's like, I know the plot is that Bam has lost the plot a little bit in the playoffs and he's come up mm-hmm. big on, the, on in most games. Um, according to clean the glass and looking at the offensive overview, the advanced stats, Bam is averaging relatively the same statistics he did, like in terms of usage, assist percentage, and assist usage, and uh, 
turnover percentage, uh, but he's fallen off a cliff in points per shot attempt. You know, he was, yeah. it wasn't amazing. He was in the 38th percentile at 118 during the regular season. And now he's dropped to the ninth in 96.8, you know, and that's just cause like, I mean, he hasn't been scoring, you know, but at the yeah. same time, I just looked it up. Like Bam right. averaged throughout his career, about 15 points a game against Julius Randle. Um, and like some of that is counting like games where I think Julius Randle was still a member of the Lakers. So mm-hmm. and was like little, so it's like, it's hard to, it's hard to do that. I, I know this season he's had a couple 30 point game or he had a 30 point game at least and then a high twenties point game against uh, Randall. And then uh, one really, really bad game at the end of March. Um, but he's more than capable of doing it. Uh, it's right. just, I feel like, you know, Bam doesn't do it until he needs to do it. I feel like, uh, does, does that sound right? Um, that's kind of been the story of his career. Like at times, yeah. yeah at, like, especially when Jimmy's out, at times that has been the case. But like, remember, do you remember no, those games against Brooklyn? Um, yeah. Like, one of them was uh, two years ago. Uh, yeah, two years ago. Uh, there was that one forty pointer, or sorry, yeah. the, the forty piece that he put up when Jimmy was out, and then yeah. I think Jimmy was out when Bam hit the game winner uh, against Brooklyn when there's still no like fa- fans in the stadium. Yeah. So he's right. Like, I remember that. He's more than capable. Yeah. He likes to do it against the Nets, but he's more than capable of uh, of doing it um, when he needs to do it. So, if Jimmy is out, uh, hopefully it's a big Bam game. And Bam, Bam is also, you know, like last playoffs, he had a he had a couple bad games and he had some great games against Celtics. And like, let's face it, he had a triple double uh, just uh, just a couple days ago, right? Um, yeah, dealing with the hip though. So just yeah, that's it, something it's hip, that's it's something also taking consideration. But Mitch is also apparently reportedly dealing with the hip injury as well. So and it's the playoffs. You're banged up. You work through yep. it. You know, yep. like um, what was it? It's I know it's hard to compare basketball to hockey, but like uh, um, when that when the Montreal Canadiens went on their uh, um, cup run a couple of years ago, Shea Weber knowingly played on like the worst foot possible just because they were on their way to the finals, and then he never played another NHL game again because it was so mangled. You know, you do what you can in the playoffs, and I that's why it's why it's like it's hard for me to think that Jimmy's even going to miss a game. I know he missed a couple of games last playoffs, but like yeah, but like yeah had. Heroes still, and you still have Vic, you know. I don't know, man. I mean, I think it's like I read, I said lower than 50% chance before. I'm leaning on like 51 to 49. Yeah, that he doesn't play versus that he does play. But again, like it's Jimmy Butler. Like I expected him to come out at least for a little while after he rolled his ankle yesterday, Mm -hmm. even though it was a three point game, but he didn't, even though he noticeably looked hobbled and noticeably didn't look as good. And surprisingly enough, New York didn't attack him defensively. That was, like, that was, that was, even that was, with how good as he was defensively. Like, that was strange. Uh, listen, we're going to take a quick break for a second. And then uh, Matt and I are going to come back and just uh, wrap things up. Welcome back, everybody. Uh, throwing it back over to Matt here uh, to answer the X Factor question. Yeah, because sometimes I don't know how to shut up. Uh, feel free to just shut me up whenever you need me to. Um, but I would say the X factor, if Jimmy is out, I mean, I would probably say Bam too, um, but straying away from the easy answer. I'll go with, I'll go with Gabe Vincent. Nice. All right. And I'll, and I'll also, I'll, I'll, I mean, I'll preface this by saying that I think there's going to be, as I've kind of belabored these entire playoffs, you need multiple contributors especially when Tyler's out, especially when Vic is out, like you need multiple guys to step up. It can't, can't just be one big guy. Um, 
but I'll lean Gabe Vincent. I feel like we've seen him step up at different points when Jimmy or someone important, like an important shot creator has been out as we've kind of seen over these last couple of games, as I mentioned before, he had 20 points on six of 16 shooting five of 12 from deep. He had five assists. That's important. That's not to say that Kyle Lowry's 18, five and six with four blocks even though those four blocks were just like strips before guys were even able to go up, but four blocks, like that's also very important. Um, and then also the, the last guy I want to mention, I want to give a shout out to is my guy, Caleb Martin. Uh, I thought, again, you mentioned him in transition. Like he's one of Miami's few players that actually like runs in transition, knows how to run in transition. Most importantly. Um, and yeah, I mean, I still can't get that chase down block out of my head. Like, that was so sick. I mean, all I think Kyle had to do was make RJ Euro. He made him Euro and Caleb being Caleb comes in and like sends that, you know, what out of there. And I've seen Caleb do that a billion, billion times. We as heat fans have seen a little bit of it too, but that was just a really important play. Cause it's like, Oh, I think, I think at that point it was like a six point game or a four point game. And it's like, that could have cut it to just a couple of possessions or wherever it was. And he projects it. Um, I can't remember if it led to a score on the other end, but it's still an important play late in the game when Jimmy's hurt. Um, but those are kind of the three guys off the top of my head. I mean, of course, you want to see Max Juice do more. Um, if Bam, whomever is initiating handoffs, whether it's Kevin Love or whatnot, um, able to free up Max Juice a little bit and hopefully create shots for him offensively, that would be important. Um, Duncan Robinson, he was 0-5, which regressed his sh- three-point shooting percentage so i think like 50 what 56 percent, 58 percent on the postseason like it was, it was something he's now what 13 of 23 so do the math no 13 of 22 excuse me so i guess do 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 that math and that's what his because he was th- 13 of 17 from deep heading into this game i'd like to see him do more i'm sure we're going to see more haywood highsmith and what he can do defensively Haywood's- uh, even though they're going to play off him offensively, like we know that that's going to crowd the lane, but from what he can add from a defensive standpoint, from what he can add um, at, pretty much as a rebound, another re- good rebound. He's, he's streaky too. He'll have. Right. Oh yeah. Time. He is. He is streaky, but you know, like we're going to give him the OB top and treat, you know, they're going to leave him open. You know, they're going to, they're going to make him knock down threes kind of like what Milwaukee did. Um, I can't, I can't remember if it was a uh, game three or four. Uh, but regardless, they're still going to make they're, they're still going to ask Haywood to beat them from beyond the arc. If he gets more run, he only had uh, four or five minutes yesterday. Had he went one of two from the floor, those were his only locked statistics. He had two points. Um, but those are kind of like the four or five guys that I'm looking out for. I know again, I didn't give like one concrete X factor, and then for the Knicks. Um, I mean, I'm anticipating a more efficient three-point shooting game from Jalen. Um, but if, let's say, Randall doesn't play again, I'm still going to go with RJ. Yeah. I thought he was. I thought he was impactful. Like when Doris, he saw. I mean, Gabe started out on him. They kept and, mentioning the shooting pocket. Um, the shooting pocket cleanup that he's moving it more to the left and it's been yeah. a lot more shots for it. I mean, I saw that yesterday. That was just a really I think I think it was Doris Burke who had that insight. It was just really yeah. it was just a really interesting thing to mention. Yeah, but like RJ when he when he had I mean, what 
the game plan was that you could tell early from New York and it, it, it died down a little bit because Miami packed the paint more in the second half. And again, it was forcing New York to try to beat them from beyond the arc. But Miami's game plan or New York's game plan at the start of that was if you can hunt out Gabe Vincent, Max Struess, do it. Like, go ahead and do it. Um, and Gabe started out on RJ, which wasn't necessarily unexpected because Jimmy had the Brunson assignment to start. And it was a little bit of I mean, yeah, we know Gabe is like kind of like a pesky albeit smaller defender and RJ who's what six 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 seven took advantage of that and he was getting to the lane he was getting to his spots and again he had an efficient first half it was a lot it, it was it was more difficult for them to generate offense in the paint in the second half again they had 40 uh, points in the paint in the first half that was number was 22 in the second half um, and a portion of that was again at the end of the game when it was kind of out of hands for New York but again I think RJ, I mean, he finished 10 of 20 from the floor. He had nine rebounds, seven assists. I thought he played a great game despite cooling off in that second half. Um, and I, and he would be my X factor again. Like, I think he needs to step up or not step up. I think he needs to play similarly to how he played yesterday um, while also shooting better from deep if, Randall's out for a second consecutive game. Again, I have no idea how much this being down 1-0 versus being up 1-0 changes things on the injury standpoint for Miami and New York. It's just, it's just, I mean, we can speculate all day long whether they should play or shouldn't play or will play or will not play. But um, if the scenario arises that Randall doesn't play for a second straight game, I'm looking at RJ, um, I'm looking at, even Mitchell Robinson a little bit. I'm looking at Emmanuel quickly, who again has just had a quiet playoff run. Um, not that they've needed him to be too loud yet, but I know there's going to be a point in time in this series with how good he is in transition, with how he, with how efficient he is from uh, beyond the arc, with how really pesky and good he is defensively as well. Um, I'm looking for him to make an impact. Obviously, Josh Hart, who um, was getting pretty relatively easy buckets in transition against Gabe Vincent against Max Strus, like. All again, all four of those guys are going to be important. I think really everyone who's on the floor for both teams are important to some extent in this series. Because again, we're in the playoffs, man. Like you have to step up and you have to do your job and you have to do your role. And guys are different and excel at different things, as we all know. But um, I got an early Miami, at least if Jimmy is out, one, that is a huge loss. But it's not something impossible to overcome, at least for one game. No. And well, so, here's something. Let's see how it goes. Really. If he doesn't play, I don't know if he will. Again, I have just no idea if you will play or not. Nobody did. Well, honestly, like, I mean, if you look at the snapshot, he's moving away. He's moving around. Okay. It's more or less, uh, like, the team staff is going to look at it. He's going to get treatment. They'll determine whether or not it's a big risk in him playing tomorrow. If right. they tell him it's a huge risk and you could, like, if you do anything else to it, you're going to be out the rest of the playoffs. Jimmy's not going to play. If it's more just pain management, then, like, they're going to freeze the hell out of that, and Jimmy will be on the court. Um, yeah, like, that's that's usually how it goes. Um, I'd like to. He's end- played on injuries before, like Game Six of Game. I don't think people remember this Game Six of Boston last year. He was playing on one knee, and he had still had forty-seven, eight, and nine. Yeah. Like he'll do it. He was playing on quite literally a knee that he had to get drained every single time he that's wasn't. Why he day that he wasn't playing. That's probably why I missed the three too, because there's just not enough legs in there. Um, he still what he still had what thirty five that game something like that I don't remember the his exact stat line but again he was he still played on injuries before yeah he did miss those couple of games in the Atlanta series but against Boston 
Yeah, he had those, what, games four and five weren't good. They You could definitely tell he was compromised. But even game six, he was also compromised, and he was playing on one knee, and he still had one of the best, better performances in Heat playoff history, at least in recent memory. And so it's like he hasn't – it's not like he hasn't played on injuries before. It's it can, it's a rolled ankle. Who the hell knows what's going to happen? But you're right. You're right. Yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a, it, That's it. It's like, look <laughs> – I rolled my ankle before. In fact, I did it playing at Jordan Terminal across from Madison Square Garden um, in a really cool summer thing. But it was really hard to walk for a couple of days. Obviously, I wasn't getting round the clock treatment, and my my you know my treatment was limited to getting back into my apartment, uh, putting a bunch of ice and water into <laughs> into a pot, and you know shoving my foot in there. But um, you know, I was able to go. I was able, or at least able to walk around a few days later. So. Hopefully, I know Jimmy's getting better care than I did. Um, and uh, I think did you still get buckets, like Jimmy? Sorry, um, maybe not when he ro- not maybe not when he rolled his ankle, but did you still get buckets? Do you remember? Before I went down, yes. Sorry about the dogs barking in the background. Oh, um, it did. It's okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, before I went down, I think I was playing pretty well, honestly. Like I got a couple highlight plays. I was on a fast break when um, when I stepped on uh, I stepped on a foot and I just felt it go. Like Jimmy. Yeah, yeah, no, it was, it was pretty much the same thing. Uh, except, you know, Jimmy's a high caliber athlete, and I was playing pickup. Uh, <laughs> so, um, but yeah, no, like those ankle injuries suck. Um, you know, uh, at least it's, I think, what Heat Nation just, you know, we, I think all of us could take a collective breath and just understand that it could have been a lot worse. So, well, right. It could have been, but again, it's still one of those things where it's like you want to have obviously your best guys. But again, it's a rolled ankle. It's a rolled ankle. It's not like he's dealing with like a sprained LCL like Joel Embiid is right now. It's not even a high ankle. It's a four to six week recovery and he's playing on like two weeks rest or a a week and a half rest, whatever it is. Like it's it's, different circumstances. But again, like you still want him to be fully healthy. Again, as I mentioned on Twitter yesterday, as I mentioned um, in our Slack and I'm going to mention right now, game three isn't until Saturday. So they still will have an extended rest period between now and then. Just in case he doesn't play. If he doesn't play, guess what? That's five days rest. We're going to be fine. We're going to be fine. Um, all right. So let's end the podcast today on way too early predictions. Who wins the series and how many games? I had, I've been on record before about this already, but I didn't feel great about it, but I had heat and six. And you know, it's, it's what I was going to say as well. Um, I, again, I just don't feel great about it, but you can go into your explanation before I go into mine. I don't, I don't feel bad about it. I mean, the Heat just uh, gentlemen swept the best team in the NBA. You know, so I don't, it doesn't make me feel it doesn't make me feel horrible about the prediction. Um, I think there's a couple intangibles now that we got to think about that might alter that a little bit. Uh, how effective is Julius Randle when he comes back, and when does Jimmy come back, and how effective is he? That's those are the two things because like these teams are matched pretty well. I mean, New York took the season series against them. Um, they they were wearing them down yesterday. Like it's a team of it's. You know, Tibbs knows how to game plan. Um, it's really is a it really is a coaching battle at the end of the day. And if Jimmy comes back, they're probably gonna attack him pretty hard too. It could easily be a seven game series, you know. Um, I don't think the Heat are gonna roll over by any means. You know, like um it's it's uh, it's even this season when they were missing guys, they still had a lot of fight. Like when it was just Lowry leading the charge, um, and the Heat had seven people, I think I think they even got fined by the NBA because they didn't have enough players to play the game. Um, I guess I think that was against the Wizards. Like they still almost got it done. Right. Like they're gonna like these guys. Like they they're out the mud. Like for real. Like uh, you know I know 
I know it, it's funny. And I'm sure New York is so sick of hearing about heat culture right now. Like, uh, I know Frank, Frank Asola is probably like rolling over, like even just at the, at your mansion of it. Um, but I mean, thanks for the listen, Frank. Yeah. Like and subscribe. Give us a five star rating. Please do. Please do. I was talking with uh, my friend today who's a Knicks fan. And, um, you know, he, he was, oh, where was I going with this? This is the flu. You lose it. You lose your train of thought. Um, in any case, they're very good teams. Uh, it can go either way. Um, let's see what happens. Uh, heat and six. I got the guts. You got the guts. Yeah, dude. Burn the boats. Heat and five, baby. Um, no, uh, no, I had heat and six, but I didn't feel great about it. It's because the shooting variants. Mm, that's true. Or at least that was one of my bigger reasons. Like Miami shot again, 45% from deep against Milwaukee. This team shot 34% from deep in the regular season. They were the fourth worst three point shooting team, the sixth worst offense. And it's like, okay, can Miami replicate that again? The Knicks are a team that will allow a lot of threes. They're going to, they're going to make teams shoot a lot of threes. And if you can knock them down, great. If you can't like Miami did in the first half and throughout really much of yesterday, even though Stephen A. Smith was probably convinced that Miami was like the best shooting team on earth, even after yesterday. Yeah, um, I, he, the Heat didn't shoot that well yesterday. If I'm not they didn't. That's the point. They didn't at all. They shot 33% from deep, 8 of 25 on non-restricted paint or on non-restricted area twos. And they shot barely 50% at the rim. They just had a hundred. It was kind of like similar to what we saw in the regular season to an extent. It was an incredibly low scoring game. Miami barely scratched together enough points. Remember, this team was last in scoring. They scored like 105 a game. They only scored 108 points yesterday, despite getting outmanned in the paint, despite the Knicks also shooting very, very poorly from deep. Yeah, they shot 21%, which, again, compared to that to Miami's 13 of 39, Miami's is obviously better, but it's relative to where they were in the regular season with some of these numbers. Like they didn't shoot great yesterday, but again, Stephen A after the game was like, man, I can't believe how good Miami shooting. It's like, they didn't shoot that well. It wasn't the Bucks series. They didn't shoot. Maybe that's 25 from deep. Like they didn't game one against the Bucks. I feel like it's, it's just, I feel like it's a testament to big shot though. Like Stephen A. Is Stephen that is a. true. It, the timing of the shots was. It makes more you feel, important for Miami. especially yeah, if you're right. euphoric. Like Stephen A. Smith is a huge Knicks fan. You know, like he just watched his team like blow a huge, like a big lead and then get, you know, Jimmy Butler go down and the Heat still win, you know, and uh, there's some timely shots there that, you know, would make you're right. you're right. cringe. And sometimes I think if you're seeing those big shots go in, you're like, how are they making these? And, you know, not to defend Stephen A, uh, but like at the same time, like if he was, uh, you know, maybe saying this right after the game, I understand where that perspective comes from, even though statistically it's just not aligned. I'm just kidding. No, like, you know what I mean, Matt. Um, for those no, I know, you're, I know you're, you're, no, you're right. You're right. But, like, this team wasn't that good in the regular season shooting the ball. And so it's like that. Struce said they played like shit yesterday. Right. But I, right. But it's just like, again, if you ha- if you can have games like this where you can muck it up, make it more physical for New York, New York misses shots. They have costly turnovers. Miami hits timely shots. Again, Miami's the more experienced playoff team um, because these guys have been there, done that. I mean, they haven't – not all of them have made the finals like Jimmy and Bam and Love have, but they have the experience. I mean, Lowry too. Um, Lowry and Love are, again, as we like to recall, they're NBA champions. They've been here. They, They know what it takes, even though they are much older than they were when they previously did it. It's still like they have that pedigree and they have that experience. 
I think and New York doesn't have New York doesn't necessarily have that. I mean, no. Jalen Brunson's been to the postseason. Matt, you have, to, you have like to highlight. Rotation? Yeah, I think I think maybe you also have to highlight. Oh, did did Josh Hart play in the playoffs at all? I'm trying to remember. Uh, um, let me go. I don't believe so. I, uh, I don't believe so. I don't think. I want to say no, but because he was in Portland. Um. What? No, this is his first playoff appearance. You're right. Um. It's also worth noting too that K Love and Kyle Lowry have played in some of the biggest playoff games, like right, right, history. You know, like Lowry, Lowry taking down the Warriors. Uh, Love also taking down the Warriors. That's happened twice. You know, um. So, like, you have to you have to give credit. Oh, and like both of them were huge, like reasons why they were able to do that. So it's like they've seen they've seen some pretty uh the best of the best at this point. Right. So and so it's like Miami has that championship pedigree, but it's just like with the shooting variance, what we saw so much this season. It's just like I don't I honestly don't know. And it's not that's not the only thing. I mean, yeah, again, I picked against New York. I'll I'll be I'll be honest here. I picked against New York and against Cleveland in the first round. Uh, I had Cleveland in six because I didn't know how healthy Julius Randle would be, but New York dominated that series on the offensive glass, man, like completely dominated. I remember looking at cleaning the glass, I think after that series, the Knicks had, I think an offensive rebound percentage, like it was 39 or 40%. Yeah. um, Or at least near that. And it's like, that was by far the best of any playoff team that had a first round series. And again, Miami did a much better job against New York yesterday. Miami was the fourth best defensive rebounding team in the season. Um, in terms of defensive rebound percentage. And so it's like, I was, I had a feeling that was going to be mitigated a little bit, but, and Cleveland was also, I think 20th per NBA.com and total rebounding percentage and defensive rebounding percentage. So it's like, they were near the bottom third in the league in total and defensive rebounding percentage. Miami was again, in terms of defensive rebounding percentage, they were a top five team, but I was also just afraid because it's like these, this is going to be a very physical, it's going to be a very slow, like, yeah, you mentioned pace earlier. Like it's going to be a very methodical, slow, low-scoring type environment for both of these teams. Kind of like how it practically is all the time. Um, outside of that one regular season meeting, which I think they combined for like nearly two hundred and fifty points or whatever the case was, but it's mostly going to be a low-scoring type game. Possessions are going to be at a premium. There's going to be times where the Knicks get crucial offensive rebounds and crucial tip-ins, and it's going to take the air out of Miami's sails, or at least it could. And so it's like I didn't know completely like how that would swing a series Jalen Brunson's played better against Miami this year I mean he's been a pain in the butt he was a pain in the butt a little bit yesterday from my for Miami's defense when Jimmy wasn't on him like he knows how to get to his spots he knows how to make tough shots and sometimes the playoffs is just making about it's just making tough buckets kind of like what we saw from Jimmy and Jalen's one of those players that can make an impact same to an extent not not as much but to an extent like RJ at times was getting to his spots yesterday, as I mentioned before. Hart was making buckets in transition to kind of swing runs a little bit. Quickly, again, is going to be one of those players at some point, you hear, you heard it here first, will go off in a series like this. The same thing with Quentin Grimes. He's going to knock down a couple of crucial, well, probably okay. corner threes. I want, to bring so that's going to be, I want to bring it back to what you were talking about, shooting variants. Um, it's, uh, it's, it's a thing. A lot of this also, like, like those just tuning into Miami now probably think they're like, you know, despite the fact that they were the best three-point shooting team percentage-wise last season, they have not been that team this season. And those just tuning in, seeing the Heat play this year, are probably being like, wow, like, where was this team all season? They shoot the ball right. so well. 
a part of it kind of like makes me think of both. It's it almost feel like the Jay Crowder effect. Like when Jay Crowder came to Miami and all of a sudden he just shot 44% from three and was just right. lights out in the playoffs. It's more, but then he wasn't in the finals. So as long as the Heat are, are able to shoot the ball well, then they're going to go far because right. when they've had right. success the last four years, it's when they're shooting threes well. And they shot threes terribly during the season and now they're shooting threes well. So with Jimmy out, um, it's going to depend. Threes are going to make or break a series. Um, the minute Miami reverts back to uh, the shooting team they were during the regular season, then they're going to lose games. Uh, but that that's really right. it. Maybe they won't. Maybe like we were, everyone was depressed uh, by the fact that the Heat suddenly couldn't hit shots. So maybe now, maybe now this is them hitting shots. But I mean, statistic wise, you know, things always regress back to the mean, right? So we'll see what they, happens. I mean, they were first half yesterday. Sorry to interrupt, but first half yesterday, yeah. it was like, like again, Gabe hit those couple early threes. But outside of that, it was like, oh shit, they were seven of 23 from deep. Albeit the Knicks were also three of 16. And so it's like the Knicks, I just, I, I, I have a feeling dude, they're going to, I mean, obviously the math would say, so they're not going to shoot 21% from three in a game again. Yeah. They're most likely not going to, um, they're going to shoot the ball better. And so it's just a matter of, can Miami mitigate that outside of that? And it's like, maybe they, again, maybe there is a game where Miami goes off for 15 plus threes, kind of like they did at times against Milwaukee. Like maybe that, maybe that happens. I have no idea, but it's just the shooting variance to me when predicting this series again, I also say all of that because guess who Miami has, who the Knicks don't have. They have Jimmy freaking Butler. And it's like, it's so hard to bet against Jimmy freaking Butler in a playoff series where he's the best player in the series. No disrespect to Julius Randle, no disrespect to Jalen Brunson, who are both very good players and had very good seasons. But Jimmy freaking Butler is the best player on the floor in a playoff series. Typically, when you have the best player on the floor in a playoff series, yeah. you're more likely than not going to win the game or win the series. That's yeah. just that's just historically, typically how it goes. And that's not Especially always the case. There's exceptions to the mean. But when Jimmy Butler, Jimmy Butler is the best player on the floor in a playoff series, albeit now he's hurt. And so it makes it a little bit it makes it a little bit complicated. Who knows how injured he'll be in game two and game three and so on and so forth. Same thing with Julius Randle. But at the same time, the Heat have Jimmy freaking Butler who can will them in these close games. Miami is battle tested. They played what? 1,724 clutch games this year. Like every single game of theirs was a clutch game. And so as Bolster said, after the game, like it's just prepared them for that. <laughs> At no, least these it, last yeah. several games. Have, it, we, we, it, I don't know how true that is or not, but no, like we talk, played we talked so many it. close games. We talked about it from during last year, like a uh, post game. Uh, right. Um, during the last series, like they were clutch games and at least the heat know how to handle themselves. Cause they were just regular season games. It's like, you know, right. it's like the old freaking saying, it's like, we, pre- we got to practice harder than we play. So then the games are easy. It's like the heat spent the regular season, basically like just having clinics in the clutch and uh, they, they're better off for it. Um, look, we've been uh, at it for a while. So I think I'm going to close up the podcast now, but game two is wow. rude. Wow. I'm just kidding. <laughs> no no I, I mean i mean i don't think i think we, we, the only thing we can do now is speculate um so uh <laughs> You're the, right yeah at the, at the same time um game two is tomorrow and man i've made a lot of predictions uh today we've talked about a lot of things um i'm actually really curious to see how things progress tomorrow how if jimmy plays tomorrow and then you know it's uh playoffs that are game to game it could be a brand new series tomorrow so uh 
In the meantime, one could be sometimes the the worst indicator of what happens in a playoff series. Let's let's not forget that. Yeah, yeah, especially as Heat fans, y'all remember 2011. Uh, so let's uh, let's uh, let's see what goes down. But uh, as always, thank you for listening, uh, Matt. Thank you for being here as always. Man. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Take care, everybody.